So we are um, actually. I've welcome to the Dirty <laughs> Chain Podcast. <laughs> fair, fair enough. Fair enough. We are uh, coming to you today from the home of Kahuta One Hundred. <laughs> no, Dicktown, Tennessee. I wanted as to do this. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna revoke the mics. <laughs> Well, now I'm not quite sure how to start the podcast, but um, thanks, Sebastian. From KOM Cycling and Michigan Midpack Media, welcome to the Dirty Chain Podcast, the podcast that covers the cycling scene from the viewpoint of the Michigan Midpack. I am your host, Trevor, and you just heard the voices of Sebastian and Mitch and Mackenzie as we sat around the fire and tried to process our experience of the Kohuta 100 and the Big Frog 65 from a few weeks back. We had a great time in Tennessee and also in Georgia. The route went into Georgia and um, man, it was, it was a great experience. My first 100 mile mountain bike race and um, yeah, it was, a, it, was a, it was a doozy. Um, it's been a uh, fantastic to see so many races going on um like i said it was a couple weeks ago kohada and then since then there have been a bunch of local michigan races and a few big national races that went on just last week uh, last weekend we saw bwr in san diego one of the og gravel races even though they call it a non-gravel race um and a huge win from friend of the podcast and Michigan native Alexi Vermeulen winning Belgian Waffle Ride. Just one hell of a ride from Alexi and a huge congratulations. So exciting to see him do so well there. Um, locally, there were a couple races this past weekend as well. Um, we had the uh, Yankee Springs Time Trial, which is a, a mainstay in the Michigan uh, mountain bike schedule as well as the Waterloo Grit and Gravel, which is actually my first gravel race back in the day was Waterloo Grit and Gravel. And I had every intention of being there, lining up for the 100K this past weekend. Um, It kind of went like this. I woke up on Saturday morning, and I looked at my phone, and there was a hint, a slight hint of rain. And... Part of me said, oh, if it rains, maybe I don't have to race this morning. And well, that kind of caused me to pause a little bit after I thought that, after that went through my head. And I thought, you know what? I I feel like I don't want to race. And I felt a little guilty for not uh, going to a race I signed up for. But I felt like my body was telling me something that I needed to rest after traveling to... um, going from uh, Oklahoma to California to Tennessee, um, racing. I think I just needed a weekend, a break, 
of not racing. And I would have loved to be there um, to see all the familiar faces, um, to support uh, John and John who took over the Waterloo Grit and Gravel. But I honestly needed uh, the uh, a break and I needed to rest and... I think uh, it was beneficial to me. So sorry I wasn't there, um, but it looked like it was a huge success as well as um, the Yankee Springs time trial. It looked, just looked like a, a, a ton of fun. Um, but yeah, it's just it's exciting that it's finally spring. Racing is back on the calendar, and um, I can't wait for more racing in the near future. But going in the past... Let's look back at the Kohuta 100 and Big Frog 65. Again, I said this is my um, my first mountain bike 100-mile race. I was excited to get down there, try out the new bike, and I had heard that the Kohuta wasn't um, the most technical or difficult mountain bike race, so it would be a good one for me to jump into. Didn't quite turn out that way, <laughs> but... Um, as you will certainly hear. So I just thank you to uh, to Mitch DeYoung, Sebastian Stankiewicz, and Mackenzie Suarez for uh, well for for pushing me to be there, and then also join me on this podcast to kind of uh, process our whole experience. So let's get right to that: the Kohuta 100 and the Big Frog 65. I've, I've wanted to do something like this for a while. There's been some instances where after race we've been camping or like a couple people have been camping and I've wanted to do a podcast around the fire, but usually the beers come out too early and we're never in shape, but uh, there are beers flowing for sure, but I think uh, we can make this happen. Um, Sebastian, before we get to this though uh i want to say happy birthday to sebastian because today is his uh how old are you 27 27 years old happy birthday yes happy birthday how one year closer to 30 (laughs) (laughs) how did you um how did you spend your your birthday yeah so we came down here to ducktown tennessee for the kahara 100 uh and uh yeah it was really awesome to be able to ride all day for my birthday um definitely was in a dark place for uh <laughs> because at your, least 20 to 30 miles because of your birthday or because of the the race itself a little bit of both it was uh questioning my my judgment on on why i decided to do <laughs> A hundred mile race on my birthday, but um, well, because I mean, it turned out to be really good. I think all of us here. So, of course, you you hear Sebastian, Mitch DeYoung is here with us, Mackenzie Suarez is also here. Um, All of us probably agree that uh, this was this was hard. I mean, it was a hard race. Um, So, I think we all kind of went into a dark spot somewhere within the 100-mile um, race. So, yeah, so Kohuta 100, you um, you explained that earlier, uh, out of Duckville, Ducktown? Ducktown. Ducktown, Tennessee. But we also, like, it takes you into Georgia. 
for yeah. for a lot, right? Like like I feel like half of the gravel portion. Yeah, or gravel portion, like uh, in quotations. Forest fire roads. Yeah, exactly. Um, and it was a day. Holy moly, was it a day? Um, I don't know. How should we? Um, well, I like. How are we even here? Um, I think, Mitch, you have done, Kohada. Yeah, I've done it. I think through. This is either my third or fourth time. I don't remember which one, but came down a number of years ago and just had an absolute blast with it. I decided to come back again, and I think Sebastian, you came and just decided to come down, and Trevor uh, may have helped convince you to come down. <laughs> Not that it took much convincing, because someone had to get a new bike. Oh yeah, well. I mean that was that was my motivation between or for, my motivation for being here is I got a new mountain bike, kind of wanted to put it through the paces, um, and I came here with the understanding that it was a pretty tame mountain bike course, but um, that's not what I experienced. Um, no, today's course was not tame at all. So it was the same course that they've done. The last couple of years, it starts off with 30 miles of some really nice single track, I would say. kind Actually, of a, that, yeah, that was a blast. Kind I, of a Pato-ish type single track, except... Super flowy. Yeah, except it gets a little more climbing in the second half of it. And then it goes on to a 60 to 70 mile. They call it gravel roads, but it's like a forest fire road. And when I was trying to describe it to people, it was like... At one point in time, somebody took a bulldozer and drove through the woods, and then somebody else came along with a pile of crushed stone and just dropped it there and said, that's a road. I think someone came along with a pile of crushed stone yesterday. Yes. <laughs> so that, that, that's what made it so much harder this year is they just dumped a ton of, it's probably like one inch crushed stone, so it's not small stuff. It's yeah, not it's like easy to lime, ride through. That limestone, like real thick. <clears throat> yeah. And yeah, there's no traction, there's nowhere to hold the line, and you're just sliding all over the place yeah so we we rode a little bit of the single track yesterday and it was mostly rideable Mackenzie you you drop your chain at one point yeah that was probably my own fault though well I I will say though the the descent that you dropped your chain was pretty it was it was pretty rough like yeah. that was that was a I also have a tendency to cross chain so I was probably cross chained when I was on that descent. I didn't know, yeah, because you you do run a two by, right? Yeah. yeah. A what? <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, that was kind of my own fault, I think. Today, I did not drop my chain on that descent. I did not drop my chain on that descent, which was really I was really happy. But I will say the after the ride, the pre ride yesterday, I was like, oh, this is gonna be easy breezy. I've got this like no problem. And that was not a good representation of how the rest of the day was going to go. <laughs> yeah, I think the pre-ride was super deceiving for <laughs> <laughs> for what the race actually was. We were riding yesterday, and I was like, wow, this is going to be really nice. It's super flowy, and yeah. it's going to be a breeze. Well, and, then, uh, and then, you know, after we were done with the single track, I, I, didn't, I didn't know that... Uh, we were in for such a treat. Well, I, I want to say, sorry, Mitch, but like when you were explaining the forest road and the single track and like there were points where I was like, are we in single track or forest road? I'm not sure what what we're and then it was, there was there was some amazing two track, by the way, like that oh, yeah. that area was like super cool. But yeah, there I couldn't tell where 
the single track ended necessarily. I mean, there was really ob- some obvious single track, and then it kind of blurred into this these forest roads. Mm-hmm. A some of bit. it used to be forest road, and they've stopped caring for it, so there was a bike track down the middle of it or off to one side of it. Correct, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I have a tendency when I get to the aid stations to ask what I'm getting myself into in the next section. And when I came up, I think on mile 37, I was about to head into some of that two track. And the lady looked at me and was like, it's more technical than the single track. (laughs) And she was so right. It was there was not a moment where I had a break, even on a descent. My arms are more sore than they've ever been from biking. It was just chunky, lumpy two track. But It was a blast. It, you know, it, it was fun. It was it was hard, for sure. And I think at the time, I mean, we're only a few hours removed from it. Um, yes, it was it was a blast, for sure. Like, um, I may even think about doing it again. I, I'm not quite at that point. The stones not, shouldn't be as bad next year. Well, shouldn't. Sh- like, how, why would you say that, though? You have no idea. Just, just to try to get you to come back. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, like it. There were some moments where I was I was telling Mitch this earlier. Um, I went the the whole range of emotions. At the beginning, I uh, I was really worried about the the single track, um, just not being very experienced in that type of riding. And um, I got in a pretty good place, and I feel like I handled the single track really well. Um, and I I thought, man maybe I'll ride mountain bikes forever now. Like maybe this is what I love. This, this is, this is, this is so much fun. And then, uh, that was the high kind of moment to like, (laughs) to later. I was like, give me my flat ass Michigan road, gravel roads. I want to be back there right now. It's so hard to comprehend some of these climbs here because in Michigan, we have to search out a two minute climb. And there was a spot where we climbed 10 miles continuously at anywhere from 6 to 12%. Yeah. I mean, it had some just horrible kickers in there. Mm-hmm. And there you, you'd go around steep, a, yeah. a switchback, and you're like, this has got to be the end of it. Mm-hmm. And then you look off to the side, and you're like, there's four more switchbacks up there. Yep. How am I <laughs> going to make it up this stupid thing? So, Mackenzie, you, you had... Um, cause you did the 65 Yes. and I, I'm pretty sure it had all the single track in it. Yes. Right. And then I remember the turnoff, which like you were already on a lot of those gravel roads, but you, I mean, what was your elevation for 65 miles? Almost 9,000 feet. Yeah. So that's pretty insane. And uh, what was the elevation for hours? Just under 13. That there, there was a point maybe 70 80 miles when i when i looked at the elevation climbed and maybe it was 70 miles but it was it was 10,000 feet and i'm like we still got like 3,000 more feet of climbing yeah and and that climbing was all right at the end yeah like literally i was like you know we had some flat sections of of road and I was like, oh, I can do this all day. Yeah. You Where know, did you I was find flat roads out there. <laughs> it was like for he, a couple he went of off miles. course. He went off course. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, this is nice. And then all of a sudden, it goes straight back to the to the climbing and 
I was pretty spent. At well, that you point. leave the single track, and the first thing you hit is three miles of descent. Fast, flowy. I mean, it has some some tight turns, but you just tap your brakes a little bit, and you can just fly around a bit, 30, 35 miles an hour. Yeah. And then you hit that flat, and there's even a section of paved road in there. Yes. And then just for the next 70 miles, you basically climb. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, one, one thing I did want to establish for the crowd is that today we had literally the most perfect weather Ugh. that I think you could ask for. Um, in the morning, it was, what, 50, 60 degrees? 55, maybe? 55. Yeah. Yeah, and then throughout the day, it was sunny, no wind, and 80 degrees. Yeah. So it I mean, was definitely a treat from that standpoint. For sure. Like, it was warm from from my perspective because I've been riding in Michigan for this season. But uh, the, I definitely... I, I didn't overheat at all, but I was definitely feeling warm at times. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I, if it was raining or whatever, like this, it could have been a whole different, especially like some of the, the, that real Rudy single track. And then some of the forest roads that had so much of that slick, it would, it would have been slick rock yeah. basically. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we, it was a stunner of a day for sure. And there was, there were times like, even though I was, definitely in the hurt locker we'd get like way we'd, we'd, we'd hit the crest of one of these climbs and i would look over and just see one of the best the best views that um that i mean it was it, it was incredible you'd see down into the valley and this this area the the kohuta national forest is just beautiful for sure i think the first 10-ish miles of single track to follow right along the river so it's very beautiful and distracting and awesome and um, another note is that despite the sheer amount of climbing throughout the day, the last four miles was all downhill or flat. So that was yeah. really generous and kind. I mean, you did have some single track, but it was very flowy single track. And so the day, the day ended on a high note where you were able to kind of just like grind it out and finish it as strong as you could. Agreed. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I think at that point, the 65 and the 100 meet back up and, and finish the same same way. Um, so that was a high point, but let's talk about low points um, and where things just, because I mean, it's like most uh, endurance races, like it's a roller coaster. It is a, I mean, we were all out there for over nine hours and it is a real roller coaster of, of emotion, of, of physicality. Um, so maybe we should just kind of talk through some of the how our day went where those low po points occurred and then what we did to kind of get out of those if if we even did all right so i would say my low point started somewhere in the 30 to 40 mile range it's sort of hard to remember because everything blurs together a little bit but i was uh going down a pretty fast descent and i'm just hearing this ting 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 uh oh what in the world and then when i started to climb it went away so i ignored it for a little bit and then I just feel the back of my bike was really loose. Like, what in the world is going on? Uh, I rode it for a little while longer and went to the next ascent. And again, same noise. So I stopped and looked and I'd broken one of my spokes. So I stopped, wrapped it around another one of the spokes so it would at least not be hitting my frame and destroying it. But every time I would start to climb up a hill and put any power out, I could hear my tire start to hit the frame of my bike. So I'm like, oh, great. So I can't, 
actually attacking any Was of these it hills. just flexing so much? Yeah, the, yeah. the wheel was just flexing. Uh, and then we'd, I'd make it to the top of a hill rather slowly, or slower than I wanted to be going anyway, <clears throat> go to go down the other side. And as I'm trying to turn some of the switchbacks, I can just feel the, the back wheel flexing again. So I'd start to turn, and I could feel it like flex and kick the back end up. Um, so, like, all right, can't go as fast on these either. But, of course, I still did because I'm an idiot. But um, So just, you know, not being able to ride in a in an efficient and fluid way that I would usually like to. And I could just feel feel it taking this toll on my body that I wasn't expecting. Uh, the, I went into the day hoping for a finish time somewhere around 8 hours and came out at like 9.20, 9.30, something like that. What was your, I mean, because that is that is totally attainable for you because you have, yeah, like in, in the past, have have done like an 8.10 or 8.15. 805. Okay, okay, so. Yeah, so I mean, I was feeling good going in. The first, to the first aid station, I was five minutes ahead of uh, the last time I was down here. I was like, yeah, today is going great. Yeah. Uh, and it's, and then I got into that mental state of, this is not the day that I want. I'm not, my bike is not working how I want it to. I'm just angry at the world right now. Mm-hmm. And I want to be done, but I'm 40, 50 miles away from the finish line. And there's no way to get back except to ride your bike back. So it kind of turned into a matter of instead of racing, it's now, how can I make sure my bike actually makes it? Because I, can you imagine walking the last 30 miles of that while pushing your bike? I, I think I did. <laughs> yeah, you would. And it's just like, all right, I'm just, yeah, no, just going to nurse this in, go when I can go, and when I can't, then I'll just, you know, just keep moving. Yeah. So it's a tough mental day, but glad I made it to the end and finished it. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, for myself, I mean, I felt really good through the single track and uh, really enjoyed it. Didn't really feel like I was putting much effort in. Um, so that was definitely like a high point. And then, um, we kind of took that one single track that was a long climb, which was still fine. But once we got out of the single track, we did a descent as Mitch mentioned, and that was really nice. So it was, it was like, everything was good. It was flowing really smoothly. And I think at that point we had like 2,000 feet of elevation gain. Um, and I was kind of looking down at my Garmin and I'm like, oh, we have like 14,000 feet. <laughs> total. You know, and, total. Yeah. And uh, um, we started riding on the, on the forest roads and, you know, between mile... I don't know, 30 and 60. Yes. I think we did five to 7,000 feet. Oh, yeah. Of, it's almost half the climbing. Yeah, a little elevation gain. Yeah, straight up. Yeah, and so I, you know, I got to the second aid station, and I kind of stood there and just kind of looked around. <laughs> and I asked, I was like, hey, like, I don't know. I don't think I'm going to be able to do this. My... You know, I've had been having problem with my knees, um, and they were kind of aching a little bit. So I was trying to nurse it as much as I could. Um, but they told me, yeah, you just turn around and go back the way you came. And I was like, oh, well, 
they made it sound like at the start, like there was a shortcut or something <laughs> back to the start. Wait, so but you, at that you, point we were already forty a- miles you in. Asked them? I did, I did <laughs> ask because I was, I was really debating at that point. I was like, I don't want to hurt myself. Sure. I'm just gonna ride back. But when they told me that you just go back the way you came, I'm like, well, that's another forty miles. So at that point, I'll already be at eighty miles. So I might as well just keep riding. Um, and and I did and. Uh, I kind of questioned that decision, and um, it, it, it was really rough. Between that 30 and 60-mile mark, I I don't think I've ever been in such a hurt locker before. Yeah. Um, I felt like I was in Davy Jones's locker. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, but after, after you hit that uh, aid station at mile 60... And you get some rolling hills and nice long descents. It kind of cheered me right back up and and gave me the confidence boost to to know that I could finish. Um, yeah. So yeah, that's kind of a summary of my experience. For me, uh, after I got off the single track, I really debated if I wanted to continue onto the gravel. Uh, I did, and it wasn't that big of a deal. So I that wasn't necessarily uh, like my lowest point. I would say my lowest points throughout the day was when you're on a climb and you're doing all these switchbacks and you've been climbing and climbing and climbing for minutes and minutes and minutes. And you think you've hit like a downhill, <laughs> but it's actually just this really this false flat. Yes, that, yes. Or false, false. Uh, or just a little dip. Yeah, yep. yeah. And it's like not enough to give you anything. It actually sucks more out of you, it feels like. And that just like near the end when I was hitting those areas, I was like, are you kidding me right now? <laughs> I am never going to finish this thing. So it was just like throughout the end when I would hit those sections that felt like a downhill but weren't actually a downhill it took it all out of me and it it made it a little unbearable for a while but then as it always happens Trevor came up behind me yes. within like the last 10 miles and that was exactly what I needed seeing a familiar face and getting some words of encouragement always makes a world of difference and that de- also like seeing Trevor was made me be like I can't quit now I have to finish this yeah, thing. Yeah, got to finish. Like we were both like come on, we're we're almost done. Like we got to do this. But we also were like how did we let Mitch and Sebastian convince us to do this? Yeah. Because at that point we were like what the heck did we get ourselves into? Yeah, that is funny. Like we always end up like like passing each other, like running into each other. It's happened at like uh Fast Fitty um Iceman I think too. Not, not Iceman, oh, um, no. Moran. Moran, that yeah, was it, yeah, Moran yes. and now this one, that's, that's so funny. But yeah, like, but there is something cool about seeing, like, the orange kit, and I'm like, oh, that's one of us, and then, like, getting closer, I'm like, oh, that's Mackenzie, yes, and, like, just, then we just yell at each other as we're, we're passing each other. I mean, yeah, that was, that was awesome. I loved that part. I needed that for sure. Yeah. I think, I think my race played out very similar to Sebastian. I mean, I didn't, I didn't stop and think I wasn't going to continue but it was that 30 mile to 60 mile stretch that climb that really sucked the life out of me um we had we were kind of talking about this because um again like my my single track experience isn't great so I thought well I take it easy um through the single track and then maybe 
because I've, I've had some big endurance races already. Like maybe I'll just pick people off. And it was from 30 to 60 that I felt like I was being picked off by everyone. Like so many people passed me and uh, I was, I was really struggling with my lower back and it could be, it could be because of it's a, it's a brand new bike. Um, I think maybe because I actually pushed it through the single track more than I should have. And you're standing up a lot and using a lot of, uh, a lot of your core. And apparently my core is not very strong. Um, because I was noticing this at the end, standing up and trying to just, uh, handle a descent or, or when we got back into the single track, I was like, Oh, that really hurts my lower back. But when we, when, when I was climbing, when I was climbing, um, up to that 60 mile, um, it was aid station three, I couldn't put any power on the pedals because my back was screaming at me every, every single pedal stroke. And, um, and I actually, it was stupid. I didn't, I didn't stop at the first station or the second station, but in between station two, aid station two and aid station three, I probably had to stop and stretch my back out two or three times. And then I got to the third aid station, fueled up, kind of spent a little bit of time to, to gather my thoughts and, uh, like mentally, and then stretch a little bit. And then after that, I was like a brand new Trevor and, uh, I was able to, well, granted it wasn't as difficult as much climbing. I mean, there's still some climbing later, but like every time we hit a climb, I felt like I could put way more power down. My back, uh, loosened up and it was so definitely, uh, mile 60 aid station three was like getting there was probably the hardest I had to work all day. When I got it, it was like an oasis in the desert and, uh, it definitely like got me where I needed to go for the, for the rest of the rest of the race. So here's a question for you guys. And I don't know if you know the answer to this or not, but is that the longest continuous climb you've done? Yeah, for me, it definitely is. I don't, I don't think I've ever really ridden these types of roads before, um, or these types of climbs. Uh, cause do, do we know like how many miles was the was that long it's climb? It's about ten miles. I don't remember the elevation of it, okay. but it's ten miles of solid climbing. Yeah, that's definitely the longest there's climb a, ever. There's a chance I've done. done a longer climb, but not in the context of a race. But unpaved had some really long climbs. Um, I'll have to look. There's a, there's a lot of this race that reminded me of unpaved. Um, and then also it reminded me a lot of BWR Asheville. It's kind of closer in area of BWR Asheville. Um, but there's a way more paved roads in BWR Asheville. But, uh, but yeah, I, I, it had to be one of the, one of the longest climbs for sure. Yeah. I, I think one of the coolest things about today was that you're always in the woods. I don't, I don't think there was a time when we weren't in the woods, maybe like a few minutes, but like overall you're pretty much on a firewood in between trees, no civilization, just you, your bike and, and the gravel road. So I don't think I, I, that was really cool. I don't think I expected that for some reason. I don't know why, but I think coming from Michigan, you know, we ride through farm land all the time. And so 
you kind of assume that everywhere else has the same gravel roads as you do, but and it's completely different world. And maybe out here. if I thought of it for two seconds, knowing that it just goes through a national forest, maybe I would have known that it would be all in the woods. Cahuta National Forest. Yes. <laughs> but yeah. I don't think I thought about that the first time I came down either. And you, were yeah. there a couple houses when we first get on the two tra- or the, the forest roads, and then? Are there any other yeah, we, houses on there? There wasn't, yeah. Mainly just campgrounds. I passed, yeah. like, three campgrounds, I think. In one cemetery. Yeah, that's such an odd cemetery, too. Yeah, that was, that. we passed that cemetery, and I was like, this is an omen. This is a bad omen. <laughs> <laughs> At least the turkey vultures weren't circling you. Yeah. All in all, though, I mean, I feel like I've, I had to work probably the hardest to finish this thing i mean i i was i was in a place where i thought maybe i'll just call it quits or like this is actually so mile 60 aid station three looking at my average speed and the time it took me to get there and knowing how much more i had to go um i texted rachel um because i'm sure that she was She's she's not with us here, but she's probably waiting for me to text and say I'm finished. And I told her, eh, it'll probably be like anywhere from like eight to nine hours. And and I looked at the time and I was like, this is gonna take me eleven hours to finish this thing. So I texted her, I was like, I this is taking way longer than I thought. This is gonna be probably an eleven hour day. So the fact that like it wasn't though. What was your finish ish time? Nine thirty. Nine thirty. Nine forty. Somewhere. Yeah. Like nine, you were like eight nine, minutes behind 935, me. Nine thirty-five, I think, or yeah. nine thirty-two, or I don't know what it was, but solid for showing for a hundred-mile mountain bike race. Yeah, first, first uh, hundred-mile mountain bike race. It was hard, and it beat my body up like crazy. Holy cow! Today was actually my longest day in the saddle, time-wise, ever. And I had no, I don't think I, I think the most I had ever spent in the saddle was like six hours. So like two and a half hours longer than my long, like longest time-wise ride. And I had no idea how my body was going to respond to my nutrition, like food, oh, water, yeah. anything. So I was actually pleasantly surprised with how good I felt at the finish. But it's definitely it takes some experimenting to get everything dialed in on these like longer rides for sure i think this is the longest that i have ever raced like a true like i mean we did crusher ex i don't i don't really consider that a race no that was not um not race pace. yeah it was but 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 i think this is the longest race i've done i know like uh mitch and sebastian you guys have done margie is that probably your longest race yeah for me margie is is my longest race. I think it's my longest race. Yeah. Crusher Mass Start. Is oh, it? Crusher Mass Start. Yeah, that was longer. Because yeah. that was... Actually, my fastest Crusher Mass Start was about the same amount of time as my longest Margie. But the last year I did the Crusher Mass Start, that was about 18 hours. So that was longer. Oof. Yeah. So, I mean, nine hours, though. Like, And I still had 50 miles to go when I stopped. <laughs> nine, nine plus hours. That's That's... That's a long day to be racing, quote unquote racing, and um, yeah, who knows what's gonna happen. Working but. overtime, baby. Yeah. <laughs> so cool. 
thank you guys. This was um, what a great excuse to come down here. And I mean, it's it's like almost nine o'clock or something, and we're still in mostly shorts and a t-shirt. It's beautiful out. And evening, we're sitting by the fire. I mean, what a, what a what a great day. Yeah, um, this was such a treat compared to the weather. <laughs> yeah, weather in Michigan. I mean, uh, we'll we'll be paying for it, I'm sure, all week. Our bodies will, but <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, good racing, guys. This was this was fun. Um, yeah, I don't I don't know what else. Yeah, uh, it's a great time. Yeah, people should definitely come down and give it a shot. Yeah, that's um, just know that it is tough and you're gonna work, but it's. It's an experience you're not going to get until you get all the way down here. Uh, yeah, another thing I'll add as an incentive for people, um, we got some really cool swag from oh, this race. It was aw- yeah. Uh, for sure. We got a T-shirt, a, a nice ceramic mug, uh, and hand-up gloves, and uh, all the hammer heat you can drink. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I was actually pleasantly surprised. Oh, and a post-race meal. Yeah, and a meal at the end. And the aid stations were very well stocked, although they didn't have cookies. <laughs> that, made, that did make me sad. No, I think it was well, yeah, the race was well run. And, um, yeah, it was a great, yeah, I mean, I, f- I feel like you get we got our money's worth for sure. Definitely. Also, for family traveling with racers or riders, it's beautiful in the area. There's, you know, lots of things to do outdoors-wise. And I think that... It would be cool to stay here longer and check out some of the hiking trails and different things because when you're biking, you don't get to enjoy a lot of the scenery, but it's beautiful here, and there are a lot of really beautiful outlooks and areas where you can see the mountains and everything, and it just kind of puts it all in perspective. Like, for a second, I was like, holy shit, I'm mountain biking in actual mountains. Like, this is really cool. (laughs) And being able to see that backdrop throughout the day was something you just... You can't re- you can't replicate that in Michigan, so that was really cool. Yeah, I just think like traveling, like having destinations and traveling for races, is is a is a fun thing to do. And the other kind of cool thing is everyone in this campground is here for this race. So there's bikes everywhere, and everyone, you know, we we're talking to our neighbors about it. I mean, this is it's just kind of a cool vibe. So yeah, yeah, great, I, great I, weekend. One more thing I'll add is uh, the drive actually was not as bad as I thought. And that was mostly because of the scenery. Um, it was really cool. Ohio going. was fun. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. It was really cool seeing like the, you know, brown and gray. And then slowly, you know, you see a little bit of green. And then the further south you go, it just explodes with color. and. So. So basically you're saying tomorrow's drive is going to be really depressing. <laughs> yes. As we go home. And, and <laughs> painful. True. And painful, yes. Mm-hmm. All right, guys. Thanks. Thank you. Let's have another beer. Yeah, let's do it. The Dirty Chain Podcast is a Michigan Midpack Media production in partnership with KOM Cycling, the source for your bike accessories and necessities. Connect with us on Instagram and Facebook at Dirty Chain Podcast. Email dirtychainpodcast at gmail.com. If you are enjoying the podcast, please leave us a rating and review on whatever platform you use to listen. Audio editing and original music by myself, Trevor Gibney. Thank you to Mitch and Sebastian and Mackenzie for helping me out on this episode of the podcast. 
And thank you all for listening to the Dirty Chain Podcast. And as always, keep your chain clean, but get your chain dirty. We will see you in the mid-pack.